Crew, let's ranch it up. Tigger. Tigger. Hi. Tigger, what, what is the dealio, McFeelio? Well, you're just going to have to be, be patient and go through We did have episode one last week we're working on the having the digital version available but yes my friend jared slagle from sergeant nebraska am i right with that without even looking that is the, that's the town man you got it boom. northern northern custer county america in the great state of nebraska boom well hey i'm glad for you coming in joining us on well i guess us is you and me joining me on episode two of the all-new ranch it up i hope y'all are enjoying the show if by chance and i know you have some recommendations you have some comments concerns criticisms have a few of those send me an email to ranch it up show at gmail.com you can give me a call 707 ranch 20 that's the phone number now 707 ranch 20 i figure hey it uh, 2020 is going to go down in history might as well have a phone number that kind of matches it a little bit so jared what the heck what's going on with you man oh you know just uh keeping my head above water i think like 95 uh, percent of <laughs> the rest of the world out there right I yeah mean, just uh, yeah just trying to trying to get by that's kind of the, the name of the game for 2020 it seems like well we talked uh, a couple months ago i think it was in in uh, i was talking with you and amanda and we were just like hey where are we at with this whole covid deal? well let me back up so everybody knows, uh, Jared, you are also a fellow PRCA rodeo announcer and music director. How long have you been doing that, by the way? Oh, man, I fell off the roof about 10 years ago, and that's where I landed, I think. So right? about 10 years right? I've been doing that, something like that. And it is pretty obvious 2020 has been, uh, I'm going to say, compared to, this is worse than my than my first year hanging my shingle out as an announcer all them years ago cuz i think i actually had rodeos but this has been uh, this has been really tough for a lot of us in the western sports entertainment business in the rodeo business it tra- it crosses over into the cattle world where we're cattle shows and all of that anything that kind of has to do with competition entertainment in the western way they put a kibosh on just about everything man unprecedented that is the word i didn't even know how to spell that until about two months ago <laughs> yeah but, yeah yeah it's definitely that year it seems like you know uh, you're, you're absolutely right everybody that uh, is in that entertainment world our western sports entertainment world like a lot of our colleagues and people we know it's it's, it's definitely took uh you know a, been challenging for everybody to say the least and and i know some people have been looking for different ventures to try to get through and you know i guess that's the resiliency of of western sports and the western way of life for sure jared give us a few examples of common friends of ours where say they were in the rodeo business maybe they were in the rodeo entertainment business and they we don't have to mention names of course but where this was just so darn tough, they had to say, you know what? If there's no rodeos to be had, I don't get a paycheck. I got to move on, and I got I to gotta feed my family. Give us some examples. I'll share a few of mine of what some people have had to do just to get by. 
Sure. You know, I've seen seen rodeo clowns who are driving cattle pots, who are hauling asphalt, or doing construction, or cleaning pools. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I know I know announcers that are selling used cars. I've uh, seen some stock contractors that uh, you know they're using their semis to do other things that they they normally don't do. I mean, heck, I think even Canada, some of the stock contractors are on the new episode of Ice Road Truckers. Even in California, there's a stock contractor who's selling Christmas trees. I mean, it's it's changed a lot of things for sure. So what are you doing, my friend? Where <laughs> that's yeah. that's the that's the magic ticket. But you and right. I talked the other day, and you said, "Man, uh, you know the rodeo business has been slow for me, very sure. slowest I've ever seen." So what are what are you doing? What's your plans? Yeah, well, I mean, just I guess since we spoke last, I, I was blessed to find some other work working uh, for the United States Team Pin Association. I, I announced a world finals, something that that uh, in normal rodeo year I don't do, but I did find a little bit of work. Uh, I started back to school. I'm working to get my master's of business, working on my MBA. So oh. I'm 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 looking at other avenues, other directions. Um, you know, being an independent contractor like you and I are when it comes to to rodeo, it's it's been great for quite a few years, but. You know, when we don't even know if it's going to let up in the next year, I mean, it's time to kind of look towards other directions for certain. Let's get it on. Cattle battle. Well, let's look towards this direction, shall we? And this is going to be based on, of course, the sport of rodeo as we move in today's cattle battle brought to us by Ranch House Coffee. Crew, I know I've talked about them before, but Ranch House Coffee, you want to go? Get yourself some. Go to ranchhousecoffee.com. I just talked to Dave the other day, and he said, you want to buy it in bulk? We're now selling it in two-pound and five-pound bags. Boom. It will keep you lasted throughout the winter, my friends. Now, Jared, going into today's cattle battle, I got a question for you. In your opinion, we're going to be talking about bucking bulls. What do you think is considered the most world's the world's most dangerous bucking bull in the world of rodeo. What would be your opinion on that bull? Alive or dead, because I think anybody that's followed bull riding professional rodeo knows that bodacious mm-hmm. has been by far the, the most deadly. I mean, they've, they've, they've had the songs named after it, right? Th- yeah, that's right. I would agree with you, as would a lot of other people, that bodacious... Uh, yeah, probably considered the world's most dangerous bucking bull. Here's another question. I didn't know this one. I got the year wrong. Do you know when Tuff Hedeman finally covered Bodacious? Do you remember? It was 95 points, but was it 93, 94, or 95? And I got it wrong when I guessed. I'm going to go with 93. Very good. 1993 at the Bull Riders Only World Finals in Long Beach, California, the historic 95-point bull ride on Bodacious. Back when Coke was a cola and a joint was a bad place to be. <laughs> Jared, look at you going, quote Merle Haggard for us, right when ready to throw it to break. Perfect timing, my friend. Hey, crew, stick around. We've got a whole bunch coming up on today's episode of Ranch It Up. Stick around, y'all. We'll be right back. I love this time of year. It's busy, exciting, nerve-wracking all in one. And now that we're getting ready to run those calves across the scale, ask yourself, is it really working? Did it really work? It's not about pounds. It's about profit. Sim and Sim Genetics, the science breed. The science of genetic improvement is at the core of the breed's existence, period. Profit through science. 
That's Simmental. It works. Everyone asks me, Tigger, where do you get your boots? What do you look for in boots? Well, for me, it's customer service and American-made boots and tack. Medora Boot and Western Wear takes care of everything I need. You can shop online at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook and Instagram. Give Medora Boot and Western Wear a call and tell them Tigger sent you. Medora Boot and Western Wear, making boots great again. Hashtag Tigger approved. Welcome back, everyone. Boy, howdy. I tell you, the cattle market has just been absolutely all over the boards as of late. Well, let me let me actually take that back. It hasn't even been on the boards as of late. And there are many producers that are demanding changes specifically on the packer side. Me being one of them. This is where it gets kind of interesting, my friends. I'm talking about getting paid here at the end of Dirt Roads. I'm talking about survival. I'm talking about trying to produce a profit so we can continue to raise a food source each and every year. Each and every year, it gets harder, the margins get smaller, and it gets more difficult. Let's bring in Corbett Wall, commercial cattle manager, livestock market analyst with DV Auction. He also hosts the daily program called Feeder Flash, which many of you are familiar with, and he can be heard on YouTube, nationalbeefwire.com, several other places like Facebook and YouTube. Corbin, good to have you. Well, I can't say back because this is only episode two of Ranch It Up, but we have visited personally and professionally many times before. Let's start with uh, Feeder Flash, a daily show Tell me, uh, Corbett, how where do you where do you kind of get some of your information when you're putting that together? Is it compiling some stuff from the day before? Is it during the day? Is it a few days ago? How do you come up with the information to go daily on that? Because I I know from experience that's a daunting task. I try to have the the freshest stuff available, and uh, I mean I usually do it late at night or or real early in the morning. So, uh, you know, producers, they get an early start. Uh, so guys can listen to it uh, on the way out to do chores or while they're drinking coffee or, or getting ready to start their day. And they're as up-to-date as they can be uh, all the way through up until the late sales uh, the day before. So, uh, like you said, uh, every day comes around pretty regular. But, uh, oh, I enjoy it, and, and it keeps me up on the markets all the time. I've, I've uh, been beneficial of having a very good following, mm-hmm. and I've got enough people, really, and know enough people over my years uh, in the business that uh, I have people drop me notes, send me texts, and, and things like that uh, all through the day, uh, give me a heads up on what's going on, and then I can kind of go back and sit down and research it and, and put stuff together. And, and of course you have your mainstays, you have your futures markets and things like that. And, and then every day you have different uh, reports that come out through the week that kind of give you an idea of what's going on. And, and I just try to keep everybody abreast. I've got a good following and, you know, I expect uh, on, on a, on a good day between Facebook, Twitter, uh, our different websites and our newsletter, I get about 10,000 people watching my my daily videos oh, every day. Heck yeah. Oh, on an average. That's a bunch. 
especially you know when it's not baby kittens or or something like that you know i mean you kind of got to want to be interested in that type of thing to listen to it uh uh, I, I, whenever I'm in my travels and I go around and, and speak to people and things, uh, uh, the, the kids and the wives aren't nearly as enthusiastic about it as the, as the dads, usually. <laughs> right. but, uh, right. they, uh, but they appreciate it. And, uh, and, but you just got to stay in touch with what's going on. And, and, and I give top quotes every day and I try to tell people, you know, some secrets on how folks achieve these things like building reputations, you know, and building a reputation. They have to work hard at that. And, but that's, that's one of the biggest things is the reputation. And, uh, and if you switch sale barns uh, every year or every season or whatever, uh, you're going to lose that. But those guys that, that build those reputations, they stand behind their cattle. And if you think that a feedlot that's buying your, feeder cattle, whether they're big calves or yearlings, they don't know where they come from. Um, you got another thing coming because they, they remember names. They know if they have trouble with cattle, they'll find out where those cattle come from That's and right. find out who they were. And then you're going to have a hard time the next time around. I've told people, and a lot of people have asked me what my opinion is going to go in terms of the cattle market of 2021. And I've said, well, you know, we're on the threshold of everything miserable. So of course it's got to be better. <laughs> you know, statistics just tell us that. But do you think that there is going to be some opportunities moving forward in 2021? Or is it just economics period where, okay, inevitably this thing has to turn around and smart marketing is where you come in and say, guys, position ourselves to be able to be ready for that turnaround because that that one year or that one sale could put us over the hump and keep us moving forward in the positive versus the negative. Well, I can't get any worse, I don't think. So that that's a good thing, you know. When you when you hit rock bottom, you know, you got two two ways to go, you know, straight up or sideways. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get better, but but we've got a lot of fundamentals behind that. You know, one thing about COVID and all that uh, panic buying that we had, it elevated the price for ground beef products so much. And uh, and it caused your your slaughter cow market to get pretty darn good there mm-hmm. yeah, they, yeah. Uh, through the summer and and people shucked a lot of cows, a lot of them and uh, they called really deep. So we're going to go into 2021, uh, which we were already working that way anyway, uh, towards smaller cow herds. So and and for sure we're going to continue that that trend as we get in here. So that means uh lighter supplies so that'll get back into your your market's favor so that should help quite a bit i think the uh the everything that went on during the covid uh you know the collusion in prices you know your packers were making over three thousand dollars a head on every steer and heifer that they slaughtered uh due to the price gouging that they were doing to the consumers on the other end and I think uh, the whole industry is pretty aware of what's going on. They realize that we don't have near enough uh, negotiated cash trade of our finished fat cattle. Uh, there's a huge push to get something done about that. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got multiple bills before the Senate. Uh, we've got a matching bill, uh, matching bills in the House. Uh, something's going to happen here. And uh, we hate to have to have the government come in and help us out. But uh, yeah, we've just got to the point where we're 
we're under the influence of monopolies and, and we can't help ourselves. So that's one of the things that the government does. And we've gotten to the point where we're going to have to ask them to come in here and, and help us straighten out our business. And I think as, as, as far as uh, cattle producers, they realized, I think we went through a, a long session there, probably 30 years where uh, your cattle people were trying to do everything they could to help the packer uh, have a better beef product to sell, which is a good thing. You know, we want happy eating experiences. And we did it and, well, Corbett. We did. Oh, we did we our did. job. Yeah. Didn't make, we? This, make this product more uniform. Make it this. Make it that. Make it fit the box. And then the first clue that we found out that maybe they really didn't want to work with us is, is whenever we got short of numbers, uh, you know, they started leading us into making bigger cattle. And, and then your cattle people looked up and said, whoa, 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 whoa. that's not going to fit the box. Finally, starting to learn uh, that, that beef producers and cattle producers are two different things. And, uh, and even though your, your cotton farmer wants Fruit of the Loom to sell a lot of underwear, he's not going to sell them for him anymore. <laughs> and I think we've gotten to that point now, too, where we've got to take care of ourselves. You know, we need them. Yes, absolutely. We need them. We want them to be successful. They're going to take care of that. They're big corporations. They have to answer the boards and they have to make a profit. They're going to take care of that. We got to start taking care of ourselves. You can find Corbett all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Catch him on nationalbeefwire.com. You name it, he's out there. Just look him up. Now, more auction market action hopefully in the recaps when we come back. I have about a half a dozen questions, quick like, as we talk cattle, selling cattle, selling feeder cattle. Are you finally done with the drama? Do you really want to know what drives profit in those calves? What could drive profit in those calves is it time for services that are for the real world that work today as well as tomorrow? If your bull purchases don't come with genetic predictions from International Genetic Solutions, you need to ask why not. Here's another question you need to ask. Why isn't your seed stock supplier using the most advanced approach to genetic evaluation in the business? We have all been through enough, but we need a little bit more. On my outfit, it's real simple. We use genetic partners that value our dollars as much as we do. IGS, International Genetic Solutions. Ask for it. Why? Because it works. Today's market recap is brought to us by the American Semental Association and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. It's free, it's fast, get on board crew. Shaley Stewart with Cattle Market News and DTN. Shaley, I swear that after all of this time, all of these years, eventually, you will have your own little sound effect. Because it <laughs> well, used to I... be that we did the yeehaw in the past. That's what we did. And you went, I don't know, I don't really like the yeehaw. So uh, we will. <laughs> you know, hold on, hold on. 707-RANCH-20 is the phone number now. 707-R-A-N-C-H-2-0. Give me a call of what you think the oh, intro music for Shaylee should be because there's kind of a master and a maestro when it comes to putting this thing together that I bet you could come up with something. Hey, Shaylee, it was 
just pretty darn all right last you know, week really, is how I'm going to say that. Yeah. Yes. Actually, actually, it really was. And that was so nice and so refreshing, given kind of the kind of the oddity that we've had throughout the markets lately. And so I'm excited to tell you that last week, box beef prices were higher. The weekly slaughter was higher. Um, live cattle sold higher and feeder cattle sold higher. So it was a really good market last week and just kind of a breath of fresh air, which producers really needed. So if you're ready and if you're sitting down, because I know you're going to take notes as you're analytically watching these markets, I'm ready to fire away if you're ready. One, two, three, go. Awesome. Well, let's start out with your fat kettle trade as we always do. Last week was pretty much quiet until Wednesday and Thursday, but then trade started to trickle in. And, you know, feedbacks really just looked at the weeks past and said, you know what, we're tired of getting lower money. Packers are seeing improvements through box beef prices and are seeing elevated demand. So we might as well push for these cattle to, to sell stronger and for us to get some of that money as well. So in the Southern Plains, live cattle sold mostly for $1.07, which was a dollar stronger. And in the Northern Plains, this is where you need to pay attention my friends. In the Northern Plains last week, dress cattle sold for $1.63 to $1.67, though mostly at $1.65 to $1.67, and that was 5 to $10 stronger. So super robust market, really excellent demand, and feedlots just really advocated their little tails off to get the most money that they could for those cattle. So then you're going to ask yourself, well, why? Why are we seeing such so much more demand for these cattle? And, and, and really just the big question mark of why? Well, I, I know that this is weird, and I know that it's strange, and we can hardly grasp that, quite honestly, Thanksgiving is right around the corner and Christmas is is closer than Mm -hmm. what we'd like to admit, but we're getting, we're starting to see some holiday push. Number one, even though um, Thanksgiving and Christmas aren't usually beef dishes, uh, you know, friends want to get together. Families want to get together. And even if they don't necessarily have beef on Thanksgiving, they typically have it around the holidays. So that's really exciting. We're seeing higher prices throughout the countryside because of the demand. And then second of all, it's really important to note that the Northern Plains Took the marketplace and really rallied their um, basically strategic um, marketing plan because they were selling discounted to the Southern Plains, and that's just simply because they had some they had more supply than what the Southern Plains did. The Southern Plains were current, and so the Northern cattle they there was more of them, so packers could kind of pick and choose and be a little choosy in that essence. But anyway, super good fat cattle market. Let's talk about your weekly average box beef prices. Last week, choice cuts averaged two dollars and eleven cents. That was three dollars and eighty eight cents higher than the previous week and select cuts averaged $1.96 and that was $6.67 stronger than the previous week so the only other thing that I think is really important that we hit on before we move into feeder cattle prices is the the actual carcass weights of these fat cattle and and I know that a lot of people are kind of like well I'm not sure why that matters and you know it doesn't really affect me so let's just kind of skip that and get to what I actually sell well my friends you have to remember that the cattle market is a is a cycle it's a continuation it's a flow and so if the input of your product not necessarily where you sell but where it leaves the the marketing scheme at is having issues that uh, consequently affects you so talking about these carcass weights last week Sears averaged 931 pounds that is an all-time high surpassing 2015 levels they are absolutely huge and to no fault of the no to no fault of feedlots because you know it's not like they've just been feeding these cattle because they they like feeding and they love and they love hucking the corn to them but really because the cattle got backed up in feedlots over the COVID issue they had to feed these cattle and they didn't have any other options so 
moving forward, it's going to be really exciting to see these weights kind of adjust and hopefully scale lower as we get closer and closer to 2021. So grab your pencil because I'm going to share some good news with you. Last week, feeder cattle were anywhere from 3 to $7 stronger. And, okay. and really that comes down to the fact that farmers are out of their, are out of the fields. They're hopping back into the marketplace. Those farmer feeders are helping boost the market. And you know what? We've had some moisture and the weather is kind of prime for feeding. So thankfully, we've seen stronger prices. So I'm going to now give you some feeder cattle um, markets and basically break them down by region. So we're going to do the north central region. That's Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, north and south Dakota, Nebraska, and Iowa. Your six to 700 pound steer sold for a buck 48. Your seven to 800 pound steer sold for a dollar 43. And your eight to 900 pound steers, they sold for a dollar 40. In your south central region, that is New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Missouri. Your five to 600 pound steer sold for a dollar 48. Your six to 700 pound steers sold for a dollar 38 and your seven to 800 pound steers they sold for a dollar 35 and last but certainly not least in your southeastern region that's arkansas louisiana kentucky tennessee mississippi alabama georgia florida and north and south carolina your four to five hundred pound steers sold for a dollar 47 your five to 600 pound steers sold for a dollar 34 and your six to 700 pound steers they sold for a dollar 26 and as we wrap up today's session, I want to say a big thank you to Shaley with Cattle Market News and DTN. Corbett Wall with DV Auction, always good to talk with you, sir. And our guest co-host, Jared Slagle. Our partners, check them out, crew, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads, Medora Boot and Western Wear, and Ranch House Coffee. So glad y'all are with me one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at ranch it up show we will be bringing you ranch it up tv shortly be patient please our email ranch it up show at gmail.com call me 24 7 leave me a message at 707 ranch 20 can't forget that one did y'all hear that new changes 707 ranch 20 and if you would please spread the good word that tigger is back in action join us next week right here all new guests all new co-hosts all new cow stuff with the beef nerds, the cow geeks, where it's always Tigger approved. For those of us who live at the end of dirt roads, stay ranchy as we ranch it up. To be known, you have to be seen. To be seen, you have to be noticed. Downtown Threads has us covered. They provide that upscale, stylish, noticeable custom embroidery design for premium clothing, apparel, and caps. They do it all for us. Downtown Threads Oklahoma has the graphic design team and knowledge to take your look to the next level and be seen. Call today, 580-237-7060, and follow on Facebook at Downtown Threads Oklahoma. Hashtag Tigger approved.